Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, your Shed Adamist, your light at the end of the tunnel, your person to say that all ballots and votes are in and we have a winner. I'm Corey Jackson. Great to have you again this weekend outside the sheds. I hope, uh, well, how do you say this? I hope your time is going a little bit better than our time maybe over here in the great divided states of America. But you know one thing that, that happens with adversity is you learn. You learn from it. You learn who's crazy and who's not. Oh, I'm sorry. You You learn who might be a little bit more stable and not as stable. How about we say that? That's a nice way to do it. Because here outside the sheds, folks, who's saying that we're normal? Come on. We follow the game of rugby league, Aussie rules, football. Pretty much anything with extreme contact we're friends and fans of, right? Uh, some of us like to hit more than others. Some of us like to get hit more than others. Or should I say not like to get hit more than others? You figure that out. But we're different. We're all different. If that was the case, you wouldn't have a, a friend on your team that can eat four Big Macs and two shakes because he's got to keep weight on to keep your ass safe. I'm sorry I had to say that, but as an ex-quarterback, I need a big man to keep me safe, so I need him to eat, right? So we're all different. But do you are you going to try to tell me when little Tommy was two years old that he grew up thinking he was going to be half the size of a cow and was going to protect a little guy like myself? Probably not. So we're all different. We all get put in different places in different times where we don't know how we got there or why we're heading in that direction. But I think what we have to keep in mind is to have a, a, a sense and a, and a compass to at least know what north, south, east, and west is. Or directional code, right? And as long as we have that, we can navigate. And that's what this is. Life is about navigation. Life is about not always taking your ship on the most calm waters, but being able to navigate through the most difficult storms, highest surges, and biggest rolling waves. But deep down, knowing in the back of your mind, if you do it correctly, you will get to calm water again. But the funny thing is, we know if we make it to calm water again, we know there's another storm that is coming up. And that will affect our ship. And that's why you have to have that compass. And you have to have a center in you that says right and wrong what you can and can't do. And that leads me. I, I, I promise you, Shedheads, I am taking you in a direction with this. That is leading to our first story today in the 4020s. Because we've been talking about this ship in direction for quite a while. We've been talking about it almost this entire season, probably since episode two of Outside the Sheds. And that is the West Tigers and direction. And the story that I'm leading off the 4020s this, this week with is probably, and I'm, let me think about this, might, might be the most positive story to come out of the West Tigers 
I'm thinking maybe since mid-July, mid-July maybe. And that story is the David Nafaluma, who I said then, the Tigers better not mess around and lose this guy because he is a Tigers player through and through, a juniors player through and through, has come up through the system. Well, good news, Tiger fans. David Nafaluma has signed a four-year deal to stay with the Tigers. The deal is supposedly going to last until 2025. We know how that always works. And that is huge news. And I know that you know that I've been the guy that's kind of stood going that Pasco and, and, and Madge, I sometimes have no idea about that compass, hint, hint, that direction, hint, hint, that I just talked about. But Madge is starting to put some pieces in place. Now, I will tell you something. I said this last week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to double down on it again. If you do not have a solid halves pairing in the game of rugby league, you can only go so far. And the projected 5'8 that they're saying, because you know you're not moving Luke Brooks because you just put all of your money in. You put all the chips in the middle of the table that Luke Brooks is your future. He is your tiger. He's your tiger king. How about that, huh? I didn't even watch that show, but I know. He's your tiger king. Luke Brooks is allegedly the tiger king for the West Tigers. And so you know that Luke is going to be at the 7. Now, who's your 5'8"? And that's why I said Jared Widdop coming in there would have been perfect. But again, the Tigers are the Tigers. So the big the big projection is that either Moses Mbai is going to play 5'8", or Adam Dewey is going to play 5'8". And the thing is, Adam Dewey is suspended to start the season, which means Moses Mbai is going to be your 5'8 for the Tigers. Unless injuries happen, people go down, or there's some late season acquisitions or, or late preseason acquisitions. So I think no matter how great of news this is, that Nafaluma is going to be, I don't know, the bright spot for the Tigers team. There's some still huge, huge, huge questions and concerns that the Tigers have going forward. And until they shore up that spine, I think they can only go so far. And for what I'm seeing right now, how can you try to tell me even with, you know, James Roberts there now and 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 all the players they've brought in, when you look at the Tigers on paper, are you really scared of what you see? And if you're not scared and you haven't tackled anybody for 32 years, what do you think somebody who is a Sydney Rooster fan, a Cronella Sharks fan, a, you know, Let's not use the Brisbane Broncos because, you know, they're the wooden spooners. But but these these prominent teams that have just been, been proving year in and year out the last five, ten seasons that they're going to be there, would you really be scared of what you see on paper with the Tigers? Um, do you think they have any teeth in the bite? Now, the only way to really shore that up is to make sure guys like Nafaluma do not go anywhere. And they did. And there was a late push by South Sydney to come in there to try to to kind of poach Nafaluma from from the West Tigers, but the Tigers did something that they haven't done for a while. They bust they they borrowed uh, one of Dustin Martin's famous thing and gave the rest of the NRL the don't argue, taste my palm, son, and they kept everyone at bay and they got Nafaluma signed. So good news coming out of the Tigers and and congratulations 
to the West Tigers for making a, a smart decision with a player. Uh, and we'll see where that takes him. My next story coming in the 4020 this week, uh, I hinted at this as well when we talked about after origin. What does the Queensland Maroons do going forward? We did we really didn't know. And and as usual, Wayne Bennett did not give us any heads up one way or the other where he was leaning. Um, but it came down that Wayne Bennett has stepped down as the coach for the Queensland Maroons. I don't think that you can say that you're surprised by this or that any of us are surprised by this because I think Wayne Wayne saw a perfect opportunity with how the season played out that it would be a win-win for him. If he led South Sydney to the premiership, well, great. He had a chance to be a premiership coach and he could have gone in and led you know, the Maroons to the championship and what better season could a coach really ask for? But I think deep down he knew that the the Rabbitohs really weren't going to win this last season. Did they have a great season? No. They had a very, very good season. A great season is when you win it all. So unless you win it all, you did not have a great season. You may have exceeded expectation. You might have had a very good season. You might have had a season where you're very proud of that season. But a great season is trophies. A great season is supersizing your value meal and not having to pay a dollar more. So well, I think Wayne deep down knew that they weren't going to win it. And I think he he knew that he was going to go in with a Maroons team with the back against the wall that no one was believing in. And he was the guy that could get them to believe. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, shed heads, boys and girls, everybody who's listening, he did it. He did it. Now, they're saying now that, that the favorite to come in and replace him is Paul Green, the ex-coach for the North Queensland Cowboys. But I read a very, very good story, and a lot of rumblings that are coming out is that this may be only a one-season hiring for Paul Green because Paul Green's dream is to get back to coach an NRL side. So there's big rumors that there might be a joint coaching team that comes in. Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, and a few other players, greats of the Maroons history, might come in and do a a joint coaching schematic. And I don't know... Does that mean that there wouldn't be any real quote-unquote head coach and just a bunch of coaches? Which I don't see that being the case. But that there is going to be a a, a culmination of a bunch of guys that are going to come in there to, to keep this thing going for a while. And I think that makes a lot of sense because I really don't think Cameron Smith truthfully wants to coach day in and day out with an NRL side. And that's why, to me, it makes a lot of sense that Cameron Smith would love to coach a Queensland side where, yes, you know, if you ask a Queensland coach or a, a, a state of origin coach if he's not coaching year-round by watching players, blah, 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 yes, I understand. But if you watch Brad Fittler just doing his TV work on, on 9, Fittler gets to stay in the stay in the mix by doing some TV, but he gets to stay close with his players. And he gets to get his word out there because, you know, us us heads want to listen to what the hell he's saying. So 
I see this as a, a, a great move for Cameron Smith. Like I said, none of this has been finalized. But if you think about it, for as much as they preach team and family and all, of the two teams, New South Wales and Queensland, you totally see that, that Queensland would try something like this and could try something like this. And let's be honest, probably could get something like this to work for them. So that's some huge, huge news and something that I think we're not just going to follow this season, but we're going to have to follow for the next two to three seasons to see where they go from there and if this is exactly what the direction is they're heading with a joint coaching staff going forward after the 2021 State of Origin Series. Speaking of the greats, you know, we've already talked about the Rabbitohs uh, with Wayne, but some other big news and a player that no matter if you love the Rabbitohs, did not like the Rabbitohs, whatever, uh, one that we could all agree on, one of the greatest players to play rugby league, let's just say that, in the last 15 years is Greg Inglis. And Greg has touched down in the UK to begin and, and, and to restart up his, his rugby league career. And he is going to do that with the Warrington Wolves. And I got to watch a good a good interview with him recently where he just seems like he's in such a good place. And I think that is so great to see. And I know we all know that Greg has had his battles in the past with different things outside of football. But it's so great to see Greg in glass with the energy that he had, um, the confidence that he had, and really just looking so forward to beginning his his second part of his career over in the UK. I did think it was funny that he did say it might take him a little while to get used to understanding what the heck people are saying because he has problems uh, listening to some of the brogues and, and accents that some of the English players have. But it's just great to see Greg back. And if you think about it, the Tigers dropped the ball by not signing Jarrett Widdop. But guess what? Widdop is back now, like we talked about last week, Whittup is back now in Warrington, and think about that. you got Blake Austin, you've got Gareth Whittup, and now you've got Greg Inglis now, where we don't know if he's going to be back at fullback or if he's going to be on the wing. But this is a, this is a Warrington club that I think could be very, very dangerous. And I think if we look at the Super League for next season, the players that be are going to be the players that be and the teams that be. You're going to have St. Helens again. They're going to be, you know, on fire. Wigan is going to be there again. But I think you have to put Warrington right there with those teams. And if you get a a, a Gareth Whittup that is very focused to prove that he was snubbed in the NRL and should have been back in the NRL, um, and, and, and really maybe, who knows, but wants to show again that he needs to be back there by having an incredible season, and if Blake Austin, don't forget, who was, for a lot of the season in 2020, going to be the, the man of steel for the Super League until he got an ankle injury. So you've got a real chance, if you're a Warrington Wolves fan, to think that there that there's some good times ahead, especially if the players we just discussed and talked about play up to their potential. And if they actually exceed what their potential possibly is, or live a little bit ahead or above where a lot of people think they could be at, watch out. The Warrington Wolves could be a destructive, destructive team. So that is some some big, big news again 
that's going across the water in the different direction into a little bit colder of a climate in the, the Bedford Super League. Staying with the Bedford Super League, since I like to piggyback and get on top of this as we can go at it, the Bedford Super League, I don't know, folks, we talked about the moral compass again. Well, the UK has not messed around with this virus and that there's a different strain of it over there. They're having to combat this again. But with everything shut down right now, except for the EPL, the Bedford Super League has now had to move back their start date. And I was all excited. You remember how I was so excited that the NRL and the Bedford Super League were both starting on the same day, March 11th? Well, it doesn't look like we're going to get that. But I think this could be a first. We've got the Bedford Super League is actually going to start after the NRL this season. The Bedford Super League now is slated to start on March 25th. So they're going to be two weeks behind the NRL, which to me is almost unheard of. But they're saying that they're going to be able to get in everything they need to, knock on wood, crossing fingers, that there isn't going to be any more roadblocks or things that come up in their path because they're not changing their projected date of October 9th for their, for their grand final. They're thinking it's still going to go that same time. So we'll see. We see what's going on over in the States right now in the NBA with, you know, how teams are really, really struggling now with, you know, with COVID cases and, and you know, Carl Anthony Towns just came out today saying that he's got COVID for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the reason I bring that up is because we know that Carl Anthony Towns' mother lost her life um, to COVID and now he's got it. So, ladies and gentlemen, Shedheads, I say this with heavy heart, but with hope that we get this. COVID isn't going anywhere. COVID is here. And now there's talk now, you remember how we were so excited also that they were planning on a full house for uh, the, the All-Star game, the All-Star game up in, up in, in Townsville, that it was sold out. That the, the indigenous all-stars taking on the Maori all-stars. They were going to have a full, a full barn there. And now they're talking about possibly being in lockdown. And that, that could be affecting the all-stars game. And it's sad because I know that, that my brothers and sisters and, and shedheads alike down, in, down under in Aussie and, and, in, and in New Zealand have really treated this virus with the care and respect that it's needed. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen it's affected relationships, but they've attacked it and haven't acted like it was a hoax or anything like that. And you guys are still suffering in some ways, and there's still some uncertainty in some ways. So keep your heads up, folks. Come on, guys. We can really get through this, but we've got to take action. And the only thing you have to do, and this is the easiest thing, the only thing we have to do is wear a mask. And if you get a chance to get your vaccination, get your vaccination. No one's asking you to push you know, a 500, you know, pound sled up a hill or to, you know, surf on the hood of your car as it's going 60 miles an hour down the highway. No one's telling you to do anything like that. It's just bundle that nose and mouth up and get a shot when you can. That's it. That's it. So let's see. Let's keep our fingers crossed that we don't have any more stops. And, and I know a lot of the players, I saw that, I saw that some of the players were saying that they were a little bit nervous and we're hoping by any means that there was not going to have to be a bubble-like situation for the players going forward in the NRL. But again, we just don't know. 
And I know Australia has been having some problems getting the virus, getting the vaccinations out there. So, like I said, we're all one big family. And the, the sooner we learn this and the sooner we start fighting for one another instead of fighting against each other is the quicker that we're going to be able to attack the unseen player in the room, you know, just to say it that way. So, so that's our 4020s. I have not really got into a lot of AFL lately because it's, they're pretty much all negative stories. And I know you could say that I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to bludgeon you over the head, but you know, I really don't want to get into Dima's relationship and his breakup of his marriage. And now, you know, we've got three coaches who are now going to go through divorce all after, you know, all during this COVID time, Melbourne's coach, Collingwood's coach and Richmond's coach. And those are three gigantic clubs. And that strain of the bubble, you know, again, COVID. COVID has just had ways of affecting all of us. No matter if you think that you haven't had the virus or not, it's affecting us in the way that we react and treat one another. So, you know, we've got that and we've got the story with the, you know, I'm not saying names right now, but, you know, this this young gun that's playing for Hawthorne and him allegedly sending sexually explicit pictures to to women I, you know for what i followed from this young man it doesn't look like he's had any other problems outside of the you know outside of the game or anything leading up to this point i remember when he was being recruited and i i, I you know you don't want to pin everything on this virus but i think it's making things that are maybe deep down inside of us come out and uh you know that's why we've got to get on top of it. Shedheads, we've got to get on top of it. And the only way we can do it is being loving, caring, and thinking of your fellow man. That's it. That's the only thing I'm saying about it. I'm done. I'm done. So that's the 4020s this week. Uh, I, I'm hoping we're going to have more stuff. And I think, like I told you, it's going to start picking up. Uh, I know the AFL boys, everybody is is hitting full, full, full bore as of Monday. So that's good to see. And, and like I said, the guys are back training extensively in the NRL. Uh, and unfortunately, the Super League has not been able to follow suit yet. But but it's going to be good, and we're going to get some some more and more stories coming out more and more as the weeks get closer towards the season and preseason games and all that. So that's our 40-20. So let's go outside the bubble. Let's go outside this little bit, okay? Let's look. Let's look through the doorway. Here we go. We're going outside the bubble. We're outside of it. We're outside, the, we're outside the sheds. We're out of the bubble. We're going to be... All right, we're in the streets. All right, enough of me trying to make you look the other direction. Let's go into the, the, the real elephant in the room. Your Shed Adamas last weekend went two for six in straight-up picks. That's under 50%. I'm not proud of myself for this. It hurts. But guess what? Shedheads, let's be honest. You don't get to go to any bookie agency and pick straight-up games. There's a line and a spread. And when we go to lines and spreads, let's go over this again. Let's do this one time. The Ravens last week were favored by 3.5 over Tennessee. Cover! I win. Oh, excuse me. I went low. Let's, let's build up to my crescendo. Indy was the underdog, or I should say Buffalo was favored by six and a half over Indy. 
Well, we held serve there. I picked Seattle. Seattle was favored at three and a half. The Rams beat them into the ground, so we lose there easily, right? Uh, no matter how, no matter the magic of of of, of Taylor Heineke for the Washington Football Club, he still couldn't bring me in enough because we still lost because Tampa Bay beat Washington by seven and a half, so we lose that one. Ravens favored by three and a half. We win that over Tennessee. The Saints sent the Trubisky Bears home, but they were 10-point favorites. We we covered there. And we don't even want to talk about Cleveland and Pittsburgh because I know Pittsburgh is still trying to forget that game. So doing what you're supposed to do, and that's betting by a line, we broke, we broke even. You didn't lose any money. Going with your Shed Adamas. You lost nothing. You're welcome. Okay, so you can't double down on, on that Lexus payment. But, but, you didn't lose anything either. You didn't lose anything either. So let's let's transition out of this. Now that we've gone back and, and went 50% by the line, let's look at this week's game in the NFL. We've got some, some insane games. Insane games this weekend, starting tomorrow. With starting out, first game is the Rams at Green Bay. Nothing like a SoCal team going up to the tundra of Lambeau Field. But we've got a six and a half point spread for the Packers. I think the Packers going straight out are going to win this game easily. Uh, I think that Jared Goff's finger is going to produce and play totally different in the really frigid temperatures of Green Bay compared to in Seattle last week. So I've got Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers with some rest beating head-to-head and by the spread, the Rams. The next game, the game that I'm really, really excited for that night is the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Mafia, the Buffalo Bills. We've got the Bills favored at two and a half. And folks... I'm taking that. I'm taking the Ravens, and I'm taking them to win straight up and to cover. So if they do win, they already move, they already win by the two and a half. So there you go. But I've got the Ravens winning that one. So we've got off of the first day, we've got the Packers covering and winning straight up, and we've got the Baltimore Ravens covering and winning straight up. So we've got an upset. Sorry, Bafia. Uh, don't put your brother... Or your mother threw a table after that pick by your shed Adamas. You've had a good season, but like I said, can't have a great season unless you lift the trophy. Going to Sunday, we've got those upstart Cleveland Browns. Those Cleveland Browns that made poor Ben Roethlisberger sit on the sidelines and cry and apologize to Pouncey, even though I don't know why he's crying to Pouncey except for the fact. Let's be honest. When Pouncey snapped the ball 30 feet over Ben's head to start the game against Cleveland, Ben got back there, but Ben didn't show a lot of drive to dive on that ball that was laying in his end zone. Ben said, nah, no, 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 that's not happening. So, yes, Ben did need to apologize to Pouncey for not trying to give up his body just a little bit to dive on that fumble, which set everything in motion for Cleveland's, how should I say, coming over the top of the Steelers. But, folks, Shedheads, the Brownies are going to KC. 
And that is going to give Kansas City fan a little bit of time to not fully quarantine like they should, to sit in a parking lot and to drink to keep their bodies warm, and they're going to let some of the chief faithful inside the stadium. Now, it is a 10-point spread for the Chiefs, but I'm taking that. I'm taking the 10, and I'm taking the Chiefs to win straight out. Your Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, you hear Mama Mahomes, I said Patrick, not Patty. Patrick Mahomes beats Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, sending the Elf back to Cleveland. And the last game of the weekend, they're calling it the Geritol Bowl. They're calling it the, the, AR, the AARP Bowl. Brady against Breeze. Which is probably, let's put it this way, I, I can't guarantee this, but the, does the loser of this game hang up the cleats afterwards? Do they retire fully? I know there's a better chance of, of Drew Brees retiring, but there's a chance that either one of these guys, when this season's over, could hang up the cleats. But the Saints are playing in their backyard. The Saints, to me, are going to play the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Breeze against Rodgers. Cheese, cheese, cheese. Because Nola has got to go to the frozen tundra if they win. But I'm taking the Saints. Three points. Give it to me. Saints beat Brady and his avocado ice cream. Even though, don't forget, don't feel sorry. Tom does get to go home to Giselle. But that's what I've got, Shedhead. That's my picks. Let's go over them again. On Saturday, I've got the Packers by 6.5 over the Rams. I've got the Ravens getting 2.5 against the Bills, but winning straight up. I've got the Chiefs by 10 over Cleveland. And I've got... The Nola Saints beating the beating the Brady Bucks by three. So we'll see. We'll see if we can turn this up a little bit and get you uh, a little bit extra next week here. And, and and we'll get back to me. And like I said, give me your give me your input, Shedheads. I can take it. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, what I what I did last week, and and don't forget, even though I did not have the greatest of weeks, I still had an incredible picking. Season in the NRL. This next story is one that we've been talking about, but it finally came to fruition. James Harden, James Harden, James Harden, James Harden has found a way to push himself out of Houston and has now positioned himself and got himself onto the roster of the Brooklyn Nets. I can't say that I'm surprised. I think we all knew that Harden was going to leave there. But if I'm a Houston Rockets fan, I am quite bitter. And I'm I'm bitter for the standpoint that when James's last interview that he did the day before he got traded after a lackluster performance against the Lakers, James said that he just can't win there. That he's done everything he could and he just can't win there. And it's a lie. Because James Harden in the past, has had a chance 
to lift that team on his back in the playoffs, and he couldn't pull it off. Couldn't do it. And him running around, not being in shape to start this season, showed that he wasn't motivated to come back to Houston, and he was not going to give the best James Harden to a franchise that had done everything for the man. And because of that, he got what he wanted and got sent to the Nets. Now, let's go over this again. Brooklyn has Katie, Kyrie, and Harden. Three of the three guys that we can't say are the in the sports world, we wouldn't really consider those guys the most easygoing triplets of anybody. Heck, we haven't seen we haven't seen Kyrie forever. Except for when we saw him in a little, a tiny little square, looking like Hollywood Squares, at a New York DA. I don't know, was it a interview, a Zoom interview? I don't, I don't know what that was. I, I don't know if anyone knows what that was. And he's not talking because Kyrie said that he was not going to talk to the media or the press this year. But if you think about that, you got KD who gets mad at anybody who says anything bad about him on Twitter. You've got Harden who. Harden is Harden. You know, he wasn't wearing masks, going to bars, going to clubs, not reporting in when he was supposed to report in. And then you have Kyrie, who I don't know if anybody knows if Kyrie even wants to play basketball anymore. I know Kyrie loves that $35 million, but I don't know if any of us know if Kyrie really wants to still play the game. And then you've got to throw in a rookie coach. So it's not like you've got Doc Rivers to, to, to keep these guys in line. You don't have Greg Popovich giving these guys a dossier every day of what they need to do. You've got Steve Nash, who's still cutting his teeth in the coaching profession, who's now got to run three prima donnas. And we've got to, we've got to understand there's only one basketball being played with every night. And somehow that one basketball has got to find three people. And then there's that thing that that one of them has got to be the leader of them. Now, people are saying over and over and over that it's KD. But when is Kyrie or Harden followed since, one, Harden was back in Oklahoma City, and two, when Kyrie was on Cleveland with LeBron? Since those, that, those time periods, those guys have been the alphas of their team when they got traded. And that was the whole reason Kyrie said he wanted to leave because he did not want to be anybody's second fiddle. So I find this very, very hard to swallow and to believe that the Brooklyn Nets are going to come out of the East as a super team. I myself am still laying all my money in, putting it all in the middle of the table, that Doc Rivers is going to get those guys in Philly to play the way they should have been able to play for the last two to three seasons. And Ben Simmons and respect the process, are going to lead the 76ers to the NBA final. But to me, does that instantly say that this move, this transition that has gone on right now for Brooklyn is a failure? You have to call it a failure. If you put together three of the biggest independent contractor assassins in the business and none of them get you ahead... What type of assassins are those guys? So I'm waiting to, to watch for the implosion of this, this project that has been put together. 
but we'll have to see. But let's talk about those poor Houston Rockets, or maybe not poor Houston Rockets, because after being lied at and trivialized by James Harden, those Rockets went out last night, rallied back, and beat the San Antonio Spurs, one of their big rivals, 109-105. And I think it's just so funny after you get a toxic element out of your room, out of your shed, out of your building, how differently guys can come together and play and play well. You got John Wall and Boogie Cousins there. It's not like you, you know, you're playing with a JV you know, squad. You've got some components. And with, with Oladipo, now, it, let me put it this way. Houston, you're going to get a shot at James Harden when he comes to Brooklyn, when he comes with Brooklyn. So I'm excited for that game. And you, we know that game's going to be played. But basketball, like any sport, unless it's tennis or bowling or golf, you need to feed off of and play with your teammates. There's got to be chemistry. There's got to be belief. There's got to be understanding. And that's what we got out of Houston last night. We've got guys who want to play for one another and guys that are stepping their game up. And, and, and John Wall is a heck of a leader when given the chance. So you tell me whose stock you should buy. Brooklyn stock because of how great it looks on the outside or the Houston stock where they're recalibrating their engine and there's no weight on them because they got rid of a person that made everybody take a step back and not play up to their potential. So we're going to have to follow that story. And to say that I'm excited to watch it might be the biggest understatement I've ever said on Outside the Sheds. And we finish up our Outside the Bubble this week with breaking news. As of today, Urban Meyer has been hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars to be the new coach of the Jag Nation. Duval! That's right, Duval County. You've got yourself a coach. And you've got more picks than you know what to do with. And you possibly have Lawrence coming in to be your quarterback. Doesn't look bad for Jacksonville. Now we just have to hope because we do know that Urban Meyer has left his last two positions under quote-unquote medical strain. And I don't know how college can be more, how should I say, dangerous to a coach who might be suffering from some ailments than the out-and-out pain of playing NFL teams week in and week out. And that's what Urban Meyer is going to have to do. He is going to have to navigate the landscape of how to, quote-unquote, get the respect of his men inside the sheds even though you didn't recruit him. And even though they don't see you as a father figure because you didn't recruit them. And that is the trials or the beginning of the trials that Urban Meyer is going to have to go through. And I am so, 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 so excited to see how he transitions over to the NFL because I do think Urban Meyer is an incredible coach. And I think I've been excited to see which direction he was going to go because I think for sure Urban Meyer coaching is who, what, who Urban Meyer is, what he is, what he stands for, and the thing that brings him the most happiness. So we'll have to see what the urban development does down in Jacksonville. 
But we still can say right now, because nothing bad's happened yet, Duval, Duval County. Well, Shedheads, that does it for us. We covered some topics. We tried to, how should I say, make that stovetop stuffing even more stuffy by giving you some good content, having a good time with it. Heck, just coming together. And until we get through this weekend, I want you guys to be safe out there. Mask up. Believe in the process. Believe in democracy. And heck, we do that. We put all those components together. Guess what's going to happen? That's right. We'll be here next week for Outside the Sheds. Until that time, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. I am your host, Corey Jackson. This has been Outside the Sheds. We'll see you. Bye-bye. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.